This is Unclaimed Bands. Show. Hey, music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight my guest is Joe Robinson. Welcome, Joe. How you doing? Hey, thanks, Sean. Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing uh, absolutely great. I'm glad I got this chance to sit down and talk with you. Um, for people who don't know who I'm talking to, and you really should hear this man play, uh, let's just jump into a song. Uh, what are we going to hear first? Uh, so, why don't you spin a track off my uh, last EP, which was the Toe Jam EP, and uh Let's uh, let's go with piece of the puzzle. All right, this is piece of the puzzle by Joe Robinson. Girl, you're always pulling my sleeve. I can hardly move. Kill for a minute to breathe, but can't find one. On the floor, just trying to beat the fuse. I can't think straight under the gun. Just hold on till I wake up. Give me time to see the light at the end of the tunnel. The picture will be clearer and make more sense. If I can just find the missing piece of the puzzle. Inside out, searching for answers But every thought is a question And all I want to do is run Love is something I'm going to fake you To break through routine Is that what I've been missing all along? Just hold on Till I wake up Give me time to see the light Doing the best I can And all I'm trying to say Is I'm not pushing you away I'm just asking for you to understand
Okay, that was piece of the puzzle. Joe, before we jump right into everything, let me just run down some things for people so they understand, because you have an incredible history. At six, you started playing playing piano, and then you switched to guitar when you were 10. In less than a year, you outgrew your teacher, and you became self-taught, basically. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. Yeah, At age it's... 11, you started touring, which is just incredible. Uh, 13, you won the Australian National Songwriters Competition. In 2006, you released your first album, Birdseed. In 2008, you, uh, at age 17, you, you won America, Australia's Got Talent. So you almost said all, America's Got Talent. My mistake. Uh, <laughs> in 2008, you went to Nashville. You recorded your second album, Time Jumping. In 2011, you recorded your uh, third record, Let Me Introduce, introduce You, and then your EP, Toe Jam. You've been busy, man, and, and then a whole bunch of touring in between. So the first question I got to ask you is, how did you get interested in music and how did it actually all begin for you? Or was it just, you know, forced upon you, you know, uh, family, music family or anything? Yeah, yeah. It started off, uh, I, I come from a musical family. My, my mom plays drums uh, and piano and um, a little guitar. My dad plays guitar and banjo. And uh, they had a lot of musical friends and they'd, they'd have like weekly jam sessions where they would all sit around and play like, you know, Bob Dylan um, songs and uh, kind of just lots of old folk music and stuff. And uh, yeah, my mom's uh, kind of forced me to play the piano when I was, you know, as you said, I was about six or seven when I started piano. And uh, yeah, I mean, I took weekly lessons and I just never, never enjoyed it. I was like, she used to say, practice 30 minutes every morning. And uh, uh, that was the worst 30 minutes of my day for sure. But uh I, I started the guitar when I was 10. I, I asked her if I could switch because I thought I'd have more fun playing the guitar. And I just, it was just my thing. I just, I, I felt I'd found my calling. And I just became that kid who would just carry his guitar everywhere. I would play on the bus to school and uh, I'd play in my lunch break. I'd be jamming out. And uh, yeah, it just became a huge part of my life. And yeah, when I was 11, uh, I, 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 I had started a band with some friends at school um, and we just started playing out um, and um, some other bands saw me and, and I got offered a tour um, uh, to play a lot of these uh, music festivals in Australia with a, with a kind of uh, Janis Joplin-y kind of um, singer named Texas Rose. And uh, yeah, I kind of just went from there, started writing more of my own material um, and the songwriting competition, um, I won with a song with my band, which was called the Chaotic Penguins at the time. <laughs> and yeah, from there, I just I just kept kept kind of working at it. Australia's Got Talent was a big surprise and a big um, big kind of springboard f- to bigger and better things in a lot of ways. And um, now I live in in Nashville. I've been I've been in the states for three years now, and. Um, yeah, just just working away at it as as always, you know. Oh no, no, absolutely. You you uh, in the bio that I read and from other interviews, um, you said that a lot of um, a lot of yourself taught was uh, by um, I guess being influenced or watching other you know great guitar players. Who, if you could pick one guitar player that influenced you the most, who would it be? Well, probably like the person you hear the most influence in my playing is Tommy Emmanuel. Um, hmm. For a long time, I toured just playing solo acoustic, and Tommy was kind of like 
the person I, you know, emulated. Um, and I wrote a lot of my songs, you know, in a style similar to his. And he really just was my, my you know, biggest influence. But um, I'd say overall, like when I first started, uh, Eric Clapton was um, – was like the guy like I used to play all the old cream songs and uh I learned every song from Eric Clapton unplugged that was like um that wow. was uh that was my repertoire early on so uh I think I mean I, I think I'm in a place now where I'm going back to my roots and going back to my earlier influences um you know the the Rory Gallagher the Eric Clapton's and uh, more kind of uh 60s and 70s blues rock psychedelic kind of bands um and that's becoming more of an influence in my playing because I went through a period where I was into a lot of jazz and um, uh, fusion and uh, funk R&B. And I'm, I think I'm getting to a place now where I'm playing more of the kind of raw music that I heard, you know, when I first started becoming interested in music. You can definitely uh, listen to uh, all of your records. You can see the progression uh, like yeah. that. And it's, it's really uh, nice to see someone not stay uh, too often some artists stay in the same thing and you hear it like you're like okay what album was that one from because it almost sounds the same but you can see a nice progression there so you can definitely see that um nice. can you take us a little bit through what your songwriting process is like where you get your inspiration from for uh lyrically and musically as well well more lyrically yeah i guess uh i guess last year i wrote um i wrote about 30 songs in the space of probably six weeks Jeez. And I, I had some time off, um, did, didn't have any shows booked, and just I, I needed to work on some more material. So I had a chance to do that. And uh, the place I was living at the time, I was living with roommates who worked during during the day, so they slept during the night. And I, being, I, I think I was pretty jet-lagged at the time because I came back from Australia, but I, for some reason I was up all night like wanting to play, and I couldn't because I couldn't make noise in the house. Mm-hmm. So... I used to um, go out to my car, and I'd drive to Walgreens, and I'd sit in the in the parking lot and write songs behind um, the steering wheel <laughs> with my guitar. And I and I wrote yeah, those are like thirty songs that way. Um, I'd say between like two a.m. and five a.m. every night, you know, that month or that si- that six weeks. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, usually what I do is I would. Uh, I would find like a melodic or a groove idea that I really liked and then I would just start singing things. There's a method that uh, that uh, Rick Rubin and the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, talk about where they'll just spit out words and then um, they'll record themselves like just spitting out words for maybe like five minutes and then you go back and you listen and anything that sticks out as being um, kind of just sounding good or being uh, like some kind of a memorable uh, important thing to say you can kind of pick and choose what to use and then kind of just build a song around that so I, i've written quite a few songs like that you know um my, my writing's always changing like uh um but yeah I, I just try and try and write about things that that mean something to me uh that uh that i can relate to i always think of myself being on stage having to perform the, you know a piece and uh uh-huh. and, and if i if I write something too fictitious, I always have trouble getting into it on the stage, you know. So gotcha. So you keep it honest. honest. I try and be honest. Yeah. No, that's that's perfect. Uh, you know, um, it's better to write what you know than than what you th- what you think you know. And I guess that's uh, that's what you're doing there. And yeah. that's what people really really I think enjoy and they connect more with honesty. Um, if you were, this might seem silly, but if you were on a desert island, you could take one guitar with you 
which one would it be and why? Uh, well, if I was on Desert Island, I wouldn't have an amplifier, so I would take an acoustic guitar. Uh, I'm my my first acoustic guitar I got um, was a um, well, my first real acoustic guitar was a, a Maton, which is an Australian-made guitar, and I still play those guitars to this day. I've actually never played a different guitar on stage, um, and I have a guitar that's made by them that I got, I think, in 2006. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that guitar is just, that's just a part of me. I, I don't take it on the road anymore because I'm afraid it'll get, you know, damaged. But <laughs> that's my Desert Island guitar for sure. It's a Maton 808 model. Maton 808. Okay, cool. Yeah. A little shout-out for Maton. I, yeah. I, you know, being over here, never heard of that guitar company before. So maybe some people will be listening to your music and go, i got to get me one of those Matons. It'll make me sound better. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, to date, what do you think, uh, with everything you've done, what do you think is your biggest career moment? Biggest career moment? Uh, well, I think I think last year I spent almost the whole year um, touring as a headliner um, throughout, you know, America. I did Australia and I did um, Japan and China. Um, and I, I think just the fact that I was able to do that, uh, I feel really, really proud um, because it's, it's, it's been a long time working up to that. You know, for, for so many years, I would go out solo and I would play kind of like, um, I remember uh, the first time I went to Europe, I would catch a train to these different cities and playing like coffee shops and, and whatnot. And, uh, and I feel like, uh, yeah, just me being able to tour as a headliner and have my own shows and people pay tickets to see my show. That's that's just the realization of, uh, of of what I've been building, you know, over um, over the course of the last how many years, you know. Yeah, really. That's that's yeah. incredible. You know, you and looking at your tour schedule and every place you've been, and you've been to a lot of places. I I think you're actually uh, the most prolific touring uh, musician that we've ever spoken to before. And so I, I want to uh, ask, what what two questions? First off, what uh, what one place? that you toured just kind of like, all right, just blew your mind? Um, I definitely would say China. China? China in general. Um, yeah. There are a couple of cities in China, like uh, there was a city called Shenyang and a city called Chengdu. Um, Chengdu, I think that's how you say it. But um, yeah, I went into these cities. I had no idea what to expect. And literally there were kids with, with like iPads um, you know, Chinese versions of iPads or whatever they were, um, showing me videos of them playing my songs. And, uh, wow. Like, really well. Like, they, they played them perfectly. And it was, it was just like, I guess these are cities that a lot of Westerners don't go to. So for, for, for me to come, they, they were like, it was a big deal to them. And, uh, they, they just, they just sat there with their eyes, like, wide open the whole time. And they're, and they're, phones up filming the, the show and it was just it was just amazing I, I i've never really felt like that um appreciated by an audience it was awesome she's that's got yeah that's got to be a, uh, an experience yeah that uh, would just send you send you going that's that's incredible um the other part about touring since you've been touring so long i mean at a very early age what's what's the hardest part about touring and what's the best part about it uh the best part is uh the 90 minutes or however long you spend on stage, that's like, 
you know, every morning I wake up and I and I'll, I'll have like four hours sleep, and I'll be in a hotel with you know sharing a room with a bunch of people, um, whoever we're on the road with, and uh, wake up, then drive eight hours to a show, load in, and uh, have to set all the equipment up, take it all off, and then set up after the next band, and then play the show, and uh, yeah, definitely that 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 time on stage is like is the best part. I think the hardest part is just, um, I mean, I love it. I I, I live to. Um, live to play and travel um i think i think i always meet australians um you know all over the place who i think we as a just <laughs> we as a people just love to get out there and travel and do stuff um but yeah but de- definitely the hardest thing i think um is just is just being away from home for months months at a time and living out of a suitcase and you know having a drive i've driven from there was one point i drove from dallas to montreal over like Ooh. three over three days, so I mean that's that that's not fun. You know, you <laughs> drink a lot of coffee and, uh, um, yeah, it really really takes it out of you. But uh, um, I mean, I I, I think you, you kind of build up your endurance, and I have a lot of respect for um, you know bands that I see that have been kind of just doing the circuit for years, and uh, uh, it take, takes a lot of stamina to do it, um, you know, consistently yeah. as as a career, you know. Mm, no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. But the the reward of playing is what does it for you. That's cool. Definitely. Well, tell you what, why don't we uh, listen to uh, another song? Uh, cool. What are we going to hear this time? Uh, why don't you play uh, Toe Jam, which is the yeah the title track off the EP that I released uh, I think last year, and it's an instrumental um, track, but it's kind of it's 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 pretty cool. So check cool. it out. All right, this is Toe Jam by Joe Robinson.
All right, that was Toe Jam. Joe, what's the best place for people to find out about you and keep up to date what's going on? Uh, probably the best way to keep up is uh, to like, just like my Facebook page. Um, you know, I'll, I'll post the events and like a tour poster of all the cities I'll, I'll play on each run. Um, or you can just check my website periodically. It's joerobinson.com. Um, yeah, I'm planning on spending most of this year in, in the States. So um, hopefully I'll be getting back up to Philly soon and uh, in the Northeast. Um, and uh, yeah, if you, if you just keep, keep an eye on the Facebook and the website and I mean my Twitter page and stuff also. Cool, you're covering um, it all. Yeah, you, you can see you know where I play. So. Great. You know, uh, before I ask this next question, I got to gotta tell you, the first time I saw you was down at the Dewey Beach Music Conference this past year. And uh, you got to play three sets, which was yeah. just incredible. But uh, my team, we go down there and we go, we check out all the different venues. And for people who don't know, it's it's about nine or nine, seven or nine different venues every year that you can go see musicians. And we try to spread out that way we get the maximum coverage. And um, Vicki Walls, who runs it, she said to me, you've got to see Joe Robinson. And so did uh, Jim Thorpe. So I made a, made a point of seeing your first set. And then I brought the rest of my crew to your last two sets. And they were just uh, totally blown away. I mean, I, I feel bad for all the musicians we didn't see, but we'll see you later. I promise. But this <laughs> man was just too incredible. And uh, my, you know, with with his with your busy tour and and oh my God, the the way you play, just incredible. Um, the one girl who works for me, Majesty, she wanted to know: Do you have any other additional, like outside aspirations, maybe completely different away from you know music that you want to do someday? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love to get a college degree one day. Um, I think I think there'll be a point where I probably want to go back to school just to learn something. Probably totally away from music. I have no idea what it'll be. Um, what else do I love? I love. Um, I grew up. Uh, you know, my, my mom's like a vet veterinary nurse, so there's a lot of animals in that house growing up. We had pet snakes and all sorts of you know crazy creatures. And uh, when I go home, I, I love. I love. I'm I'm kind of nature boy. <laughs> I uh, I got to go scuba diving with sharks when I was in Australia last, which is awesome. So I love I love doing that kind of stuff. I also went snowboarding this winter for the first time, which was uh, scary, but I'd love to do more of that. So um, I, I, that that's kind of about as far as my recreational <laughs> life goes outside of music. But well, yeah. you know, you got to fit it in here and there. I understand. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, if you could collaborate with any one artist, living or dead, who would it be and why? Um, I, I, I'd probably say Miles Davis because he – I remember watching a documentary on him. It was like a 90-minute special that was on TV. This is before I even played music. I was super young. I was probably five or something. And I, I watched the whole thing, and I was just like, I was just obsessed. He was just like the, this most interesting person. And he talked about his whole life, you know, his his artistic um, approach to music and and you know painting and all all the stuff he got into. Um, and I mean, a lot of his albums are, are um, really interesting and progressive. And uh, and I've always said like Miles Davis and Frank Zappa are two people that I I really love their careers for just pushing the boundaries and just, I mean, that's totally different music styles um, and as, as am I different to them, but um, I've always just related to them on a, um, 
on on that level, you know, for for their body of work. So I think to work with Miles one day would, uh, you know, in a, in a, if I was born back in the day, I would I would have auditioned for his band until they refused to let me audition. <laughs> so. Cool. Uh, what uh, what do you think when you listen to um, the songs that you've written so far? Because I understand, are you working on something new, another record? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm always working on something, but uh, at the moment, I'm working on a um, on on a, a new release. I've recorded a lot of tracks already, so I'm just deciding what to include and uh, and what, what, you know how to approach it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I listen back to my older material, and I, and I can definitely hear the progression. I can hear what I was trying to do in a lot of cases, and um, you know, sometimes it's like you'll be in a recording studio and the studio won't capture the energy that people see at the live show, like at yeah. the Dewey Beach um, uh, conference that, 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 that you mentioned before. Um, so I think, I think with my newest songs, I'm trying to write stuff that uh, translates um, better and, and has the feel of the, the, the live show. And yeah, to, to kind of capture that, that feel. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult yeah, for a lot of artists. Across. Yeah, it really is a challenge for me, especially because oftentimes I'll, I'll work on my own music and I'll record some tracks at the studio and then some tracks at home and then some tracks, you know, um, wherever I am. And uh, it's it's hard to kind of glue it all together. So um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of w- working on trying to just figure out a way to record where I really capture that live feel. And and obviously everybody out there can keep track on the progression of that uh, on the website and everything, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be announcing that you know relatively soon. Just trying to figure out the details now, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely be really releasing you know uh, new music um, shortly, and hopefully I'll be releasing two two projects this year. So that's the plan. Oh, nice, nice. Well, what I was going to ask um, before I sidetracked myself there uh, is what uh, of all the of, of the different tracks, different stuff you've recorded, is there any one uh, song of yours that you've written that you think, man, that really just kind of defines me? Or maybe not defines you, but kind of just speaks to um, what you're trying to do musically. Yeah, I have a song called Out Alive that... Uh, mm, great song. Um, that yeah, that, that that song we closed the set with, and when I'm writing new material, that's kind of like, um, you know, what I compare it to because that that just kind of sums up what I'm about and uh, has a um, just just the right combination of elements. You know, some of my other songs have parts of this and parts of that, but that has kind of everything. So, um, and I mean, if people want to hear that, you can just look it up online. There's a YouTube video. We did a video for it. Uh, yeah, it's spelled O-U-T-A-L-I-V-E, Ass Alive. So. Perfect. Well, Joe, I want to thank you for taking time to do this interview. I really appreciate it. I'm a big fan, uh, as all Thanks, of my sir. crew are. They're they're very jealous that uh, they couldn't be doing this with me right now. Trust me. <laughs> Especially Majesty, but oh well. Uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully um, next time we'll, you come to town, we'll all be able to come out and see you, just not me. Right on, man. Thanks, thanks so much, Sean. No problem. I wish you luck with everything career-wise, but, man, you are just dynamite. Seriously. Seriously enjoy what you're doing. Thanks, uh, man. I appreciate it. Until next time, everybody, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands. My guest has been Joe Robinson. Please, please stop whatever you're doing after this interview and go take a look at the body of this man's work. It's just incredible. The videos, the, the records, I, I have them all, and uh, uh, they're, they're worth it to get. So... Until next time, everybody. See you all later. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Sean. See you again.
The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclaimed bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.